0: This is episode 75 of The Popcast.
1: Welcome to The Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Maureen, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is officially 2020. Maureen and I had huge New Year's plans. We rung in the new year on the couch
1: hey i feel very accomplished because i stayed awake until midnight
0: well you did fall asleep for just like a couple minutes, minutes before and then as and we soon watched as the entire movie let's talk through maureen though about the new year's celebrations
1: oh my gosh okay. NBC, yeah. abc
0: cnn they're all bad
1: bad and bad <laughs> they're bad I, it was it was kind of painful to watch, and I I said to Josh as we were kind of it was only from eleven thirty to twelve that we were watching. Them. I think
0: they come on like at ten to eleven, and then they cut to local news, and then they come back at eleven thirty. But Except it's all for bad. CNN, which is on all the time.
1: It was like we were zooming in on. Andy Cohen's parents and they couldn't really hear and there was like a time first of all anytime people are talking to people in other cities which why do we care about the other cities we don't we only care about New York
0: there's a satellite delay
1: there's a major satellite delay and they like can't hear each other and so like every five seconds they're like talking over each other it's like an awkward work conference call
0: it was so weird. And all of them were uncomfortable. And
1: the music performances are not good. Why do we have so many music performances? I don't want to talk about that. Just show clips from like last year's movies or something. I don't know. It, it's it's really gone downhill. It was
0: funny because we would be on one and then Maureen said, let's, let's just flip to another one because maybe it'll be better. And then it was maybe worse. Like
1: I couldn't stand it anymore and then I'd switch to another one.
0: Yeah, so it was pretty bad, but we did ring in the New Year on our couch, and then Maureen went to bed, and, you know, happy 2020. We also celebrated Christmas since our last podcast episode. How was Christmas for you? Great. Maureen, I wanted to ask you, because I heard this as a topic of conversation, what is your favorite Christmas food, like at Christmas dinner?
1: I like all food.
0: Okay, but if you had I don't to pick... have
1: like a traditional, like, oh, every Christmas, the only thing that I ever had like every Christmas was my family's cream cheese cookies.
0: And we had those this year.
1: We did. We make them every year. They were good. And that's my, like, Christmas food. Like, if I don't have those at Christmas time, it's weird.
0: But your your cranberry jelly, jellied mm. cranberry? That's a Thanksgiving that's thing. That's a Thanksgiving thing? Yeah. So for those that don't know, Maureen likes the can of cranberry jelly that no you just... Re-
1: no resemblance of cranberries whatsoever. Just, like, Gel,
0: and when you pour it out, it's the shape of the. And can. you leave it in the shape of disgusting. The can. No,
1: it's amazing, and Caleb loves it too. So
0: I would say my favorite part of the Christmas dinner is dessert. All oh, the dessert, yeah. yeah. But I do like, and this year we had both ham and turkey for our Christmas lunch, and I thought that was great. Great combo of great meats. Thought yeah, was great. Uh, thanks
1: to my stepdad who made amazing meats. And I guess your mom made meat, too. We had ham at dinner, too. Yes,
0: that's true. Delicious. It was so good. Very delicious.
1: I will say also one more thing on our holiday celebrations. Josh and I, every New Year's, sometime around New Year's Eve, generally not on New Year's Eve, we try to... It's been New
0: Year's Day now.
1: Yeah, we try to sneak away for a dinner and a movie date. Many thanks to my mom for watching Caleb this year. And we always go through kind of like an end of the year... How we did, and like looking at our goals for the next year, we do like, okay, well, things we did really great last year, things that we could improve on.
0: We call that the struggle bus.
1: Struggle bus, things that were really rough, and areas where we want to improve for the following year, both as a couple and individually. And I will say this year, Last year on one of our goals, wasn't it to do like 45 episodes of the podcast? It
0: was. And we did exactly 45 of this podcast. Yeah, we're
1: crushing it.
0: Very exciting. And I will say my favorite thing that comes up on the struggle bus that happens every year is we say cars are not storage. And Maureen and I both have a bad habit of like storing stuff on our car.
1: Not like permanently. We just are lazy and don't bring stuff The hilarious
0: thing is that as we wrote that down, I was just thinking to my car, you know, parked at our house while we were out on this date and it was just full of stuff. Mine was
1: clean. Yours was clean. You cleaned it out. For
0: Mine me. was full of stuff. So I will work on that in 2020. Maureen, I wanted to point out one other thing because our elephant eared listeners, that's sort of like eagle eyed, you know, uh, watchers, uh, elephants have Can really elephants good hearing. elephants hear really well? Oh yeah. I looked it up. They're one of the top 10 animals that has good hearing. And it also sounded better with the alliteration than bat-eared listeners. Yeah,
1: bats, but I would know that they could hear well. So
0: our elephant-eared listeners might have noticed a little thing I've been doing lately. Starting back in episode 68, I started each episode that Maureen has appeared on with a specific word that, when strung together, reveals a little something fun. So if you so choose, you can pause this episode, go back to episode 68. I did not insert a word on episode 69 because I did that podcast with Zach, from vernacular but 68 70 71 72 73 and 74 they all start with a word and you can go back and figure it out but if you don't want to do that i'm going to tell you what it is i'm going to uh, play them all strung together right now so
1: no we should don't give them the cheat now oh next next week next week okay next
0: week. week i will i will play it next week so and then we can talk all about that it's really fun and see if you can go figure it out what what uh what we were gonna tell you and just so you know one of the episodes i believe it's episode 71 the first two words of that are the ones you want to pay attention to. Okay, so let's move on to our snack bag. So this week we are talking about the Golden Globes, which happened last night. And Maureen is going <laughs> to jump off the podcast after the snack bag so that I can talk about the Golden Globes because a little uh, behind-the-scenes tidbit, we're recording this during the Golden Globes. We're going to watch a little bit of it after we finish this part of the recording. I'm going to finish watching it, and then I will give my takes. Maureen is smartly going to go to bed, and then you know she'll rejoin me for the teasers. Uh, you know that we're going to give you guys so let's do the snack bag real quick and then we'll cut to my thoughts on the Golden Globes and then back to the teasers for this week Maureen first snack bag topic I mentioned this to you I just wanted to point it out for our listeners I was on USA Today entertainment page and I saw this article that said Clint Eastwood and Arnold Schwarzenegger went skiing together now that's fun but Clint Eastwood is 89 years old. Yeah, but he's And he awesome. was crushing it. I
1: have no doubts that Clint Eastwood is kicking butt.
0: I mean, he's 89.
1: That is crazy. I hope I'm skiing like him when I'm 89. I think.
0: I mean, I didn't look into like what they were skiing, but it. I don't think they were skiing the Bunny Hill. And, oh. and Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's 72, so he's not young. Honey,
1: the bunny Hill's not fun for anyone.
0: When I was skiing again after a 20-year... Layoff. I made Maureen go on the bunny hill with me.
1: It like you don't even move. It was it's like terrible. not even an incline. I mean, even
0: even I didn't like that. So, yeah. but I can't believe it. Clint Eastwood. I mean, he did all those westerns. He's still like working and moving, but you know, eighty nine. Clint, we want to know the secret. Yeah, that would that's crazy. Next snack bag topic, and this is the last one for this week. I just thought this story was funny. So you you remember the movie Cats? That's been much derided by the public, by the critics. I was told
1: not to spend money to see it.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing about Cats. They released it into theaters and everybody said, look, I think that we, this may have been rushed into theaters because just a few weeks after the original release, they re-released a new version of the movie because people complained who had gone to see it that these special effects were less than special. People who saw the film opined that there were moments where Judy Dench's hand with her wedding ring were like in full view. They didn't CGI her hand to put like fur on it. And then, then others pointed out that Rebel Wilson, who also appears in the film, that her cat costume wasn't properly CGI'd to make it look like fur like they did with everybody else. So you could literally see like the sleeve of her costume coming up. So what I want to ask you is this movie cost $90 million to make. What did they spend the money on? I
1: think they spent the money on the salaries for all these really famous people who were in it for like two seconds.
0: And and my other thought was, did they think that re-releasing the film like with these couple things fixed was that, that wasn't the problem I don't think.
1: Well, if that was the th- thing, then like, Game of Thrones could have re-released their episode without the Starbucks. They cup did. In it.
0: They did. They did. Yes, they went back well, and they edited. Maybe it Maybe they just
1: don't want anybody to have. I don't know. If I were cats, I would fix it too. But you
0: know what? The power but of it's the embarrassing internet, that they released. It the like power that. of the internet. Everybody has screenshots. Yeah, that's true. There, there's no going back. And so they said that you know people were trying to then get to the theater to see this this you know bad version. I think it's bad all around. But like the one without the special Why effects. Why did they
1: release it like that?
0: I don't know. They there's there's been this whole like rumor that that the movie was totally rushed to get into theaters, you know, by its Christmas release date. And so I feel like they just felt like they had to go. Disaster. I think disaster all around. I don't I am sure that I will want to watch part of it, but it sounds so bad I don't think I could watch the whole thing.
1: You could do like we did with the movie the other night where I stayed awake and watched it and you fell asleep at I literally did not minute fall like fifteen. Asleep
0: for the whole time I dozed off. I dozed off, okay? Tell everyone what movie it was. We watched the movie Farewell. Because it won't be your teaser. <laughs> it will not be my teaser. Look, I thought it was well done. It's just a very slow-moving film, and I did fall asleep for- For most of it. No,
1: not for most and of it. And then he kept saying, I'm I'm awake. He pulled Uber were a major role reversal for us, actually. Yes, that is true. It was not the whole time. It was not. It doesn't matter because you didn't miss anything because it was really <laughs> slow
0: moving. Really slow moving. All right, Maureen, that wraps up the snack bag for this week. So we're going to cut to my thoughts on the Golden Globes.
1: I'll give Josh some notes before I go to bed. Yes, everybody. and I will
0: reveal reveal the notes. I do want to say next week, our premier topic, this week it's going to be the Golden Globes. Next week, Maureen and I did see the 2019 version of Little Women over the Christmas holiday, and I thought it was really great. And we're going to talk more in depth about that movie next week because we're going to compare it to the 1994 version starring Winona Ryder and Christian Bale and Claire Danes because I've never seen it. So it'll be sort of like a mix of Josh's first time watching Little Women, but also a comparison of probably the two most popular versions of the story on screen, the 1994 version and the 2019 version. So stick around for that. You still have some time to see Little Women in theaters if you want to before we have our conversation about that and I do recommend it, but Maureen Let's cut to my thoughts on the Golden Globes with your thoughts sprinkled in and then we'll be back for the teasers All right, everybody. We are here with the premier topic this week. We are talking the 2020 Golden Globe Awards Which just wrapped about 45 minutes ago. I am currently recording this by myself in the basement of our new house and its eleven fifty. The Golden Globes were three-plus hours, and I watched all of it. And I don't know why I watched it. I did not really enjoy the award show. Uh, it was not that fun to watch. The speeches were mostly poor. The winners were so strange. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But uh, I, I really that was three hours not well spent of my life. So here I am making another poor choice, staying up late to record this part of the podcast. And then I will go edit this part of the podcast and then I have to get up for work in just a couple hours after that. So shout out to my work colleagues who listen to this podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, so I guess first I'll just talk a little bit briefly about the show overall, the way it was produced. First of all, Ricky Gervais was the host. He was fine. He had some funny moments. I think the thing that I like most about him as a host is that he just doesn't seem to care that much, and he made mention of that several times. And I think that, you know, sort of loose attitude just makes for a better host and a more entertaining product. So I thought some of his jokes were good. Some of them were not as funny, but one of them that I did write down that he said towards the very beginning of his monologue is that he told the audience and the actors and the directors and the, you know, the stars in the room, he said, don't be offended by my jokes. They're just jokes. We're all going to die. And there is no sequel. And I thought that was pretty funny. So, I will say that they kept cutting to Tom Hanks, who received the Cecil B. DeMille Award tonight and was also nominated for Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture for his role in the Mr. Rogers film A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and it looked like he absolutely hated everything that Ricky Gervais was doing. He, Every time they cut to him when Ricky Gervais was talking, it was just like the face was stone. Uh, So I don't know if he personally doesn't like him or if he was just offended by what Ricky Gervais was saying. But Tom Hanks, the everyman of America, did not approve. Maureen did watch for a little bit with me before she uh, smartly went to bed. And these are the notes that I wrote down that she remarked during the Golden Globes. The first one is towards the very beginning of the show, Leonardo DiCaprio appeared on screen and Maureen said, oh, yeah, he looks dreamy. Uh, For the fans of the podcast, you know that Maureen's favorite actor of all time is Leonardo DiCaprio. She wanted to give him a Golden Globe this year for his role in Titanic. I told her that's not how that works. When Pierce Brosnan came out, she said gross facial hair. And it's been compared on Twitter and the internet to the KFC colonel. So if you're trying to get a picture in your head of what Pierce Brosnan looks like right now with his facial hair, that is what it looks like. And then when Phoebe Waller-Bridge, the creator and star of the television show Fleabag, when she won Best Actress, Maureen said, didn't she win something else? And I said, oh, that was the Emmys. And she said, well, what is this? And I said, this is the Golden Globes. And she remarked, what's the difference? I don't get it. So yes, the Golden Globes award TV awards as well as film awards The Emmys only award TV awards, and the difference is the voting bodies, the voting body for the Emmys is the Television Academy, the voting body for the Golden Globes is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which is a group of 91 foreign press journalists. No one really knows who they are or who makes up this group, but that is all the people who vote on these awards. So I will say the other thing that I really strongly disliked about this award show is the completely an utter nonsensical award order that they went in I, I it was like you know when you watch major major award shows you sort of expect that the bigger awards will come towards the end which they did but the golden globe splits their awards between tv and movie and then within movie they split the awards between musical or comedy and then dramas so the way they awarded the the different trophies tonight It was just like completely ridiculous it was like we'd go from a big award back to tv back to movies and it was impossible to keep up with what we had left to come now i don't think anybody's figured out a great way to do this the oscars almost always awards supporting actor and supporting actress first in the night because they want some star power on screen at the beginning of the you know tv program of the awards but typically they save Best actor, best actress, best director, best motion picture towards the very end, because you're sort of building up to these big awards. I don't think that I've seen it done well yet, but the Golden Globes tonight were just like they were sticking their hand in a top hat filled with I don't know why it has to specifically be a top hat. But they were sticking their hand into a hat, and they were pulling out an award, and they were just walking on stage giving that award. I will say one thing that did work is that they had presenters present multiple awards, which I think did, in fact, speed up the process. Now, the show still did run more than three hours. I think part of that was because they give two Lifetime Achievement Awards. One is the Carol Burnett Award for Television. That went to Ellen DeGeneres. Great recipient and great speech from her. And then the Cecil B. DeMille Award went to Tom Hanks this year. And those speeches are not sort of dictated by a certain time because they're honorees of the Golden Globes. So, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the actual awards that were given out tonight. I'm not going to focus too much on the television awards. I will say that I was pretty happy that. Fleabag won for Best Musical or Comedy. I was pretty happy that Chernobyl won for Best Miniseries. And I thought that Phoebe Waller-Bridge winning for Best Actress was fun as well. I do want to focus a little bit on the movie awards because we're building up to the biggest award show of the award season, and that is the Oscars. And that will happen in February, and we're going to get the nominees in the next couple of weeks. So what I want to do here is just sort of go through and just sort of give my thoughts on the winners and and sort of share how that may or may not affect the winners or even nominees of the Oscars. There's been a long debate about whether or not the Golden Globes actually matter when it comes to the Oscars, because for those that don't know, the voting body is completely different. So the Oscars are voted on by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, huge groups of people, the actors make up the biggest group of people, but we're talking about thousands of voters for these different categories. And then everybody votes on best motion picture for the Oscars. Again, as I mentioned, the HFPA, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, is 91 people voting on awards. So typically what happens is that the Golden Globes happen and then the Voting opens for the Oscars soon after that, and actually this year, the voting for the Oscars has already opened due to the compressed schedule of the award season. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we're in an Olympic year, a winter Olympic year, and they wanted to get the Oscars out of the way before the Olympics happen in February. So everything is a little bit compressed, and people are already voting for Oscars. So while the HFPA people do not specifically vote for Oscars, the Oscar voters tend to know who has won one of these awards, and sometimes they will say, either I have to vote for that person to be a nominee, or I need to seek them out to see what this is all about. So that is how these things can sort of be connected. But I guess we'll start with, we're only going to talk about the major awards here. Uh, The first one is Best Foreign Language Film that went to Parasite. I think it's pretty common knowledge or, or common you know, discussion amongst people who are going to be voting for the Oscars, that Parasite will be nominated for Best Foreign Language Film, and I guess they're calling it now Best International Film at the Oscars. And there's a pretty good sense that Parasite will win that award. So I think that that one is pretty across the board, you know, going to be the same at the Oscars. The Golden Globes gives an award for Best Screenplay, and this year that went to Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, the interesting thing about the Golden Globes is that while they do split categories for musical and comedy and drama for the acting and for the motion picture awards, they don't do that for screenplay. And the Oscars actually does split this category into two. They do Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Original Screenplay. So we'll have twice the number of nominees for... The Oscars that we do for the Golden Globes, I think there's a sense that Quentin Tarantino will probably win for best original screenplay at the Oscars. The other thing, though, is that Noah Baumbach, who wrote the film Marriage Story, which was nominated for six Golden Globes tonight, there is sort of a strong consensus that he could also win in that best original screenplay category if Quentin Tarantino goes on to win something like Best Director. Now, it's not always the case that, you know, if you don't win one award, you'll definitely win another one. That's not how it works, but that tends to be what happens sometimes. If they, quote unquote, award you for your work on a movie and you are nominated in multiple categories, you don't always win in multiple categories. So I think it'll be interesting to see when the Oscar nominations come out, I think the original screenplay category, which will include Quentin Tarantino, most likely will include Noah Baumbach, most likely will include Bong Joon-ho and Jin-won Han for Parasite. I think that's going to be a very competitive category. And so I think that we don't even know at this point who's going to win the best adapted screenplay. So that'll be interesting to watch out for. Going to the best performance by an actor in a supporting role. This is not a category that's split, interestingly enough, at the Golden Globes. It is not split at the Oscars either, and that award tonight went to Brad Pitt. I think there's consensus among people voting that Brad Pitt, who's never won an acting Oscar, could win for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've seen the film. it's very He's very good. The film is good. But I think that he'll have a challenge from Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for The Irishman, maybe even Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. But I do think that Brad Pitt is sort of on this collision course for an Oscar win for his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. One of the ones that I thought was really interesting tonight is that for Supporting Actress, the award tonight went to Laura Dern for Marriage Story. And there's, again, all the pundits in in Hollywood, everything that I've read and listened to on other podcasts, seem to think that Laura Dern will be nominated for and win the Oscar for her work in Marriage Story. I think there was some thought tonight that Jennifer Lopez might win for Hustlers, mainly because the HFPA likes to award big, flashy performances, and Jennifer Lopez is unquestionably a star and someone who would pop on screen, especially for their you know, like TV program. She did not win. Laura Dern won. I think that's good for Laura Dern's Oscar chances. I do think, though, that Jennifer Lopez will likely be nominated for an Oscar, and did you ever think that Jennifer Lopez... Would be nominated for an Oscar. Pretty crazy. Another really great winner tonight is Aquafina, who won for The Farewell. She won in the category of Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And she beat out a bunch of people. I think she's probably the only one of the nominees in this specific category that has a chance at being nominated for Best Actress. At the Oscars, and I actually think this will help her case immensely. What I will say is that it's very cool to see Aquafina win this award. I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter and elsewhere on the internet already about how cool it is to see someone like her win this award and how important it is to see you know, someone who is an Asian American win this award, that that representation truly, truly matters on screen. So that's cool. I don't know if she'll be nominated for Best Actress in a Motion Picture at the Oscars, but I think that this win will certainly help her do that. Going to the Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, this went to Taron Egerton for Rocket Man. I want to say this was a surprise, but knowing how the HFPA has voted before, it's not entirely a surprise. I think the interesting thing here is that the biggest loser from this is probably Eddie Murphy, who I think was sort of expected to win. He's been hitting the circuit hard in terms of his campaigning, and I think that this may be the nail in the coffin for him getting an Oscar nomination for his role in Dolomite Is My Name. I was also surprised to see that Leonardo DiCaprio did not win for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We're going to talk a little bit more about that movie as a whole coming up, but he was... like by far the most lauded actor in this category. I think he'll certainly still get an Oscar nomination for his work in that, in that film. I think what will be interesting is to see if Taron Egerton can sort of edge his way into that category pun intended, did that on purpose. If he does, we're going to have someone else left out. And there are a lot of actors in the best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama, which is the next category that was won by Joaquin Phoenix, most likely going to win the Oscar for his role in Joker, he won here tonight. But you also have people like Christian Bale and Ford versus Ferrari. There's been a lot of talk about how he will probably get nominated for that film. Adam Driver in Marriage Story almost a lock to be nominated for an Oscar. And if Taron Edgerton somehow sneaks his way into the Best Actor, you know, category at the Oscars, we're looking at. People like Jonathan Price from The Two Popes and Antonio Banderas being left out. All right, moving on to best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama. This went to Renee Zellweger. Obviously, my favorite, Sir Ronan, for Little Women was snubbed. Give that girl an award, please, at some point soon. She's a tremendous actress. She was great in Little Women just so good all the time. And I will also say they cut to a lot of famous people in the audience tonight. The only time I saw a Shersha Ronan represented on, on screen was when they announced her category. That was ridiculous, ridiculous. You done wrong. I will say that I think that the actors in this category are most likely going to be your Oscar nominees with the exception of one or two. Obviously, Aquafina could certainly sneak in there as a fifth nominee And I think, unfortunately, a blow to me, especially, that might mean that Saoirse Ronan is left out. I don't even want to put that into the universe. I take that back. Saoirse Ronan had better get an Oscar nomination. Seriously, she's going to win an Oscar one day, and I will be absolutely thrilled. Okay, three awards left here that we want to go over. Best Director. I think this is another one that was a complete shock to people. I'm not sure it was a shock specifically for the Golden Globes, but this is a case where This could have an impact on the Oscars. So the best director went to Sam Mendes for 1917. The other nominees were Todd Phillips for Joker, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. I think all of those, with the exception of Todd Phillips, are kind of locks at this point for an Oscar nomination. I think what's interesting here is that most people thought this was going to go to Martin Scorsese. It might go to Quentin Tarantino, could even potentially go to Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. I don't think anybody thought Sam Mendes was going to win for 1917. I think this definitely pushes him into the Oscar category for best director. I don't think that it pushes him to the top of that. I think that will still go to someone like Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese. I do hope for the Oscars that someone like Todd Phillips is left out and that someone like Greta Gerwig who directed little women could sneak in. Obviously here you have five men nominated for Best Director, always tends to happen that way at the at the Golden Globes, and I hope that doesn't repeat itself for the Oscars. Last two categories here, Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There was really no question here that that was going to win. It was definitely the most critically acclaimed of all of the five nominees. I think the only one, other one in this category that could sneak into the Best Picture race overall as a nominee is Jojo Rabbit, although the fact that it didn't win anything tonight may mean its star is fading, but... People seem to really like the film, so we'll see. And then, of course, best motion picture drama. This went to 1917 was another huge, huge surprise. I think people thought this is going to go to The Irishman or it's going to go to Marriage Story, the two most well-received of the films. 1917 isn't even out in wide release as as of the Golden Globes and as of the release of this podcast. I think it's playing, I saw, in 11 theaters nationwide. It is set to go wide on January 10th. I'm really excited to see this movie. I think it looks great, but I'm shocked that it won best motion picture drama I think this firmly places it in the best picture race although I don't know if it will if it will win I think that there are you know amongst the critics there are movies out there that people like more so I think it'll be interesting to see if this has momentum or if this sort of pushes voters who are only sort of tangentially connected to you know all of these different movies I mean think about how many movies there are in total It's it'll be interesting to see if you know, something like a Golden Globe win for 1917 can push that into the conversation as a best picture winner. And I'm excited to see it. Once I do, I will let you know how it is on the podcast. All right, that's it for Golden Globes talk. That was a lot. Let's go back to teasers and Maureen will rejoin us there.
1: All right, I'm back. Let's do some teasers. I actually have a teaser this week, you wow. guys. A new one. So I watched a really dumb Hallmark-ish Christmas movie on Netflix.
0: That is her teaser. Really no, it's dumb. not. That's Hallmark not it. I don't Christmas even remember movie.
1: what it was called. But I then had recommended to me the lead actress from that movie is in a new Netflix TV show called Virgin River that is delightfully like... Maudlin. No, it's like very relaxing to watch. It's like chick flick, but like in TV form. And I'm very into it. It's like great for like folding laundry or like just having in 40 minutes to zone out on the couch. But... It's really cute, and I like her a lot. I like And you're the talking actress.
0: about the blonde-haired woman, right? Yes. Okay, so this this woman, I think her name is Alexandra Breckenridge, and she is also in This Is Us, or she was in This Is Us for a did little bit. Did you look this up? I did. She is in it. I d- I definitely looked it up. Really? Yes, she is. She was she was Kevin's she was Kevin's girlfriend, and I came upon Maureen watching the show, and in the show Virgin River, this woman plays a character who's a nurse. Is that right?
1: That is correct.
0: okay, so I thought because the same woman played a nurse on this is us that it was like a spin-off of this is us like she got broken up with by Kevin in this is us and then moved to some you know like mountain town at least that's what I gathered from my brief watching of it. I thought it was a spin-off. Maureen informed me that it is not a spin-off.
1: It's not a spin-off. she just plays nurse really well. <laughs> Anyway, that's my teaser. Check it out.
0: Okay, my teaser this week is a TV show that I have watched. So I was off for a little bit of time over the Christmas New Year's break, and I got it really into this show. And I watched—I think I watched 17 episodes of the show. The show is called Broadchurch. It was a show that was on. It was on in the UK in 2013, and they have only had they only had three seasons. The show stars David Tennant and Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, you might remember, won the. Academy Award for Best Actress last year for The Favorite. And the acting in the show is so good. And the storyline, especially of the first season, is so riveting. I It was like one of those shows that I just wanted to watch the next one right away. I think when it initially aired, it aired weekly. So they wanted to Keep people excited for the next week, so they always ended on a cliffhanger. But man, I blazed through the first two seasons of that. I'm working my way through the third season now. Highly recommend. It's on Netflix. Super entertaining. I will say the content, the subject matter, is pretty dark. It revolves around the murder of a young child. That's sort of I'm like the premise. This. Yes, I told Maureen what it was, and she was like, "Watch without me." So beware if that's something that would uh, get sort of give you fits. But it is super addictive and i really enjoy it i have to thank my sister for the recommendation because she watched it first said you should watch it i was trying to get in the right mood for it finally did it's excellent it's called Broadchurch. it's on netflix all right maureen that'll do it for this week we will talk to you guys next week where we're talking little women little women
1: and we'll, Watch talk, him. we'll talk to you then you can leave us feedback comments or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash we would love to hear from you you can also reach us by emailing the popcast at vernacularpodcast.com
0: please also subscribe rate and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode we'll be back next week as always sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode
1: bye everybody
0: bye The other thing about it is that Tom Hooper, the director, he's just been getting horrible reviews. This is a guy who won an Academy Award for Best Director.
1: You know what, Tom? We all make bad choices. And you have an opportunity to be a phoenix and rise from the ashes of cats. Or should I say rise from the litter box (laughs) that is this terrible movie?